Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tools of Songwriting. Tools of Songwriting is a website and podcast geared towards giving people the tools they need to express themselves through writing their own music. It's for beginner to advanced musicians, and we'll have simple, understandable, and practical tips for everybody. I'm your host, Todd Murray, and today we're talking to Jeremy Davis. Jeremy Davis is a songwriter who fronts the Charlotte, North Carolina band, Alonzo Wesley. I lived in Charlotte for five years or so, and Alonzo Wesley was one of my favorite bands there. Jeremy shares some really cool insight into his songwriting process in this episode. I really think you're going to learn a lot. I definitely did. Today I'm here with uh, Jeremy Davis of Alonzo Wesley. How you doing, Jeremy? Hey, what's going on? Doing well. I think you're going to be my, my second guest on this. All right. The first Thanks one for having me. Yeah. Sorry. You're the first one that's not a uh, family member. My cousin was on the first <laughs> one. He's a musician. He taught me how to play guitar and stuff. So yeah, on, on this podcast, we just talk about like the tips and tricks for songwriters from like beginner to advanced and everything in between. So it's all about the nuts and bolts of that kind of thing. All right. Um, how did you get started playing music? Um, I started playing music in middle school. I uh, joined the middle school band. I played uh, alto sax and <clears throat> I did that for, I guess, seventh and eighth grade. And I didn't really like it that much. Um, I did like playing music, but um, our program at that particular school was like our, well, the high school marching band was like a real big, like they were like really competitive and stuff. So the the middle school thing was like a feeder for that and they were like very serious. Oh, wow. And uh, it was just sort of like, okay, like I was wanted to be a good musician, but it was sort of, an, it was off-putting. Um, <clears throat> And so I kind of just stopped doing that. And then um, I started picking up the guitar. My mom played guitar and piano, um, just kind of like by ear. And she would do that sometimes. And uh, so we had guitars around the house. <clears throat> and eventually, actually, a cousin of mine like lived with us for a while. And she played guitar and would, could like play like stuff that was on the radio. Like I remember she used to play Melissa. Yeah. Um, so that kind of got me into, or just kind of made me realize I could play guitar and sing, which was something I super wanted to do. So that's kind of how I got started. That's cool. Yeah, I used to go like to like campfires on the lake, and Melissa was one of the songs they always played. Yeah. And uh, I don't really actually know how to play it correctly. I play it at gigs yeah. and stuff, <laughs> but I just know it from like my campfire experience. I yeah. Sure to stick to that version of it. Yeah, it is one of those. It's one of those weird songs that it's like strangely, for me at least, difficult to play. Even though it's like, it's pretty simple. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the Almond Brothers were talented dudes. Yeah, all forty-seven members or whatever, whatever <laughs> they eventually had. Um, who are some of your biggest influences musically? Um, definitely when I was starting to play guitar, I was I was really into rock music um mm. jimmy hendrix of course um <clears throat> so when i first started playing i wanted you know i was i was into playing electric guitar and trying to figure out how to pl- sound like that like hendrix and kind of realized within a few years or probably less that yeah i'll never be that good <laughs> <laughs> because and also um, i just i'm super adhd or add or whatever the correct term is but um yeah I have, I'm not that studious. Like I think the thing that makes me, keeps me like, or like holds my attention with music is just kind of immediately making something that Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, not necessarily learning 
how to play other people's music. Um, <clears throat> although I obviously did that too, but, but yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, definitely early Hendrix guys like that, all those kind of like classic rock guitar dudes. And then, um, I got <clears throat> at some point I, um, discovered Dylan kind of through my mom, actually had discovered most of the music earlier in my life. You know, you hear it through your parents or people that are just sort of around you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember when I heard Dylan and that was the thing that was like, Oh, his music's just different. It hit different. It was like, um, it wasn't just like a silly pop song. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily, it could be about love, but, or something kind of that is more common, but anyways, so he was a big influence on me just wanting to play and write. And, um, and then as I kind of got more into it, I definitely have been more like, you know, I don't know, just there's a million people I guess I've been influenced by, but um, more recently I'd say Gillian Welch, Lucinda Williams, um, Josh Ritter, uh, My Morning Jacket and Wilco, um, sort of when I was starting to, or like really wanting to like make records and start to play, um, those guys were were people that I was like, could like go see and they were putting out albums, you know, they were current. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You're speaking my language. That That's, was kind of a long answer for, no, um, I, I don't know where to go from there because those are all people that I really like to Hendrix is interesting just because like, he's just such <coughs> a, like just image wise, he's such yeah. like a rocker dude or he yeah. has such a like strong image. So it's almost, it's just not even fair because you go, you know, some people with a really big image would be like, oh, those songs are, those songs are pretty easy. But his are like you're just jumping into quicksand when you hit yeah. when you go after his stuff. So, yeah, it's just <clears throat> kind of overwhelming. And I think I saw you. Do you don't you guys cover a Lucinda Williams song? Um, yeah, we do. Fruits of our fruits of my labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that album. And I like Car Wheels. I like yeah. that. Uh, that was the one that I I just there was a, a roommate of mine in college. Um, I'll credit him for showing me kind of like my music 2.0, you know, like you first start getting interested in music. Like for me, like I said, it was Hendrix and then Dylan and those kind of like huge names. And then I met Matt, my roommate for three years. And he just, he showed me car wheels on a gravel road. And he also showed me the Allman brothers actually that since we mentioned them and just stuff like that, that I kind of was like the next level of, of like maybe songwriting and like kind of, I don't know, just a deeper, deeper cuts, I guess. Yeah. And it's cool. Like you said, that for it to be people that you can go see live. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're still around. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's talk about some songwriting if you want. All right. Um, can you run me through like process for writing songs for you? Um, yeah. Uh, so I think I was thinking about this, I've had a couple different approaches, but there's one thing that kind of sticks has stuck over a long time. And that's I'll, whether I'm writing in a notebook or, um, well now I use Google docs a lot, <clears throat> but in the past I just wrote in like journal notebooks, but I do this, I had this editing process where normally like I'll be, you know, kind of sitting with the guitar if I'm, I've like made some time to write and, um, I'll get a melody or I'll have 
I'll get like just a nugget of something just from like noodling on the guitar and I'll kind of get like a melody and usually a lot of times a, a line maybe two lines or like just an idea of like what a song could be about and yeah. I write that down <clears throat> and then I just keep playing it over and over until I can hear the next part um, and then when I, as I'm writing I sort of like if I get stuck I draw a line across the page or I, I'll type like dashes across if it's Google Docs mm -hmm. and then I'll kind of start over and I'll just I'll actually like physically or either like physically write it out or type it retype it out and s kind of like start the next version of the song and keep editing it like that um, and just keep playing it over and over um, so I'll kind of it's funny if you look at any of those I've just written the same thing over and over but then I'll add a line or two and then but but like going back over it and like rewriting it or retyping it and then singing it again and playing it again will help me like keep moving on the song if, as I get stuck on it you know yeah <clears throat> so I, that's kind of my process um I usually like I said I I don't always get a a, a a lyrical idea immediately but a lot of times I get I can kind of I get like the basic like the the, the hook or whatever kind of at the same time as yeah. I'm and, and I usually sit and play a guitar too so I think that's part of it um I don't I don't like I've heard Ryan Adams say that he'll he can just write a song in his head, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. which I can't really do that intentionally. I do dream songs, which really? is actually sometimes I will literally dream an entire song and I'll wake up if I'm lucky enough and I can remember it. I'll write it down, pretty much the whole thing, and that's happened more than once. Um, that's cool. So that's always like wow, that that was easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. More often than not, I'll have a dream, and I'll, or I'll like wake up, or I'll hear a song in my head as I'm right as I'm about to wake up, and then I won't remember any of it. Yeah, so. yeah, I'll, I'll hear something, and like it'll be super late at night, and then I'll just think, do I want to sing into the recorder, or do I want to go to sleep? <laughs> yeah, I never do that. I used to like try to keep a notebook or whatever, and yeah. but like, even if I write it down, a lot of times I'll go back and look at it, and it's like I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, like, it's like some crazy nonsensical lyric that and like I don't remember the melody so it's like that, that doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> um, yeah uh, so with with like your your Google Doc so you have the little first yeah. version yeah do you are you not allowed to go back up to the first version is, is it almost <clears> like you're like no you can I just like to I so for some reason I just find like starting a new version helpful especially as I get stuck because otherwise I'm just sitting there doing nothing and I don't know how to move forward from that so for me like i need to kind of goes along with um even like not that it's like the same as writer's block because i would s consider writer's block something over a longer period of time but with mm -hmm. that too like i f i just have to like change what i'm doing yeah. you know like if, like if i can't write in my studio i'll go down to the kitchen or i'll go outside or like i'll go i'll just stop i'll do something else or <clears throat> in the same way like actually like just writing I just find like editing myself as I go and like or like starting over and just that process of doing that helps me like go back from the beginning because sometimes too like as I'm getting in the idea like I'll get a big chunk of the idea in my head and I won't be able to write it all down mm -hmm. at once mm -hmm. like as I stop to write it down I will have forgotten like the back half of it yeah so then as I if I make myself go back to the beginning and do it 
and like go back through it, then I sometimes remember actually, which is kind of a weird phenomena, but <clears throat> um, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, I think I, I watched a Leonard Skinner thing once and like, I think the lead singer was like, if I can't remember, <laughs> if I can't remember the lyric after I sleep, like they would, they'd play a song. He's like, if I can't remember the next day after I sleep, then it's not a good enough lyric. I was like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That sounds insane. I would say like my take on that would be, um, well, it's kind of not the same, but by the time I've written, finished writing a song, I've, I've already memorized it because of the way yeah. that I'm saying, like I keep going through it over and over again that I've already like practiced it a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, and then by the time I get the final version. So yeah, I don't really have too much problems with that, but yeah. Yeah. I would definitely have to, I have to write it down. It'd have to be like, Oh yeah. I'll, I'll remember melodies for sure. And those will kind of haunt me as I'm writing on a song. Like it's all I can think about. Yeah. But as far as these specific lyrics, no, it just they just don't stick. Yeah, I have a friend actually. So the last track on our first like full length album spec was written mm-hmm. by a friend of mine, Andrew in Charleston, Andrew Brown, and um, he doesn't write anything down ever. I'm just like I don't know wow. how I would lose so much that way. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard Jay Z does that too. Doesn't yeah. write anything. It's crazy. Well, do you have any uh, tips or tricks for getting good ideas out? Um, Yeah, I think one thing that I've been doing in the past couple years that I think has really been helpful is to try to um, work on songwriting when you're not sleepy. Because Hmm. when I was younger, when I was learning, starting to play guitar, back then I was in school, and I also, when I was really young, I played sports and stuff. But so music time was like always late at night and that's where that was just where it fit into my life until like pretty much for a really long time actually until a couple of years ago and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna wake up and play music instead of trying to do it as I'm wanting to fall asleep. Yeah. And I found that to be really helpful with just being more productive instead of just sitting there or like kind of trying to write and then not having enough like mental energy to get it done yeah whereas like if i do it in the morning i I just i have a lot of ideas and i'm more likely to be to like be inspired or whatever yeah um i always thought too like it was a little bit more like romantic to like do it in the middle of the night of course (laughs) you know what i mean it's i mean i think that makes sense to a lot of people but i kind of was like yeah but i also feel terrible if i (laughs) if i live like that and i don't like it's part of like taking care of yourself and stuff too but that that way of doing it is just it's like a little bit self-destructive and sometimes it if you know if you do it enough like it's gonna work but yeah. it might work better if you just don't do that <laughs> um yeah so i think that's really helpful and um and just letting yourself be willing to sound stupid mm-hmm. like don't be afraid to just write something down that's kind of dumb because if you keep going, you know, like put it out, you might, it might lead you to another line that isn't dumb. And then you're like, Oh, I'm trying to say this. Sometimes for me, like when I'm working on, especially in the beginning of a song, I might have like a verse and a chorus, but I don't necessarily know like what the song's about. I just have these words that are trying to say something, but I haven't figured out like what the, like to me, every song has like kind of its own like philosophy Mm-hmm. like or it has to it has to make sense to itself um <clears throat> and it's whatever 
I don't know if I'm making sense right now, but no, I think so. <clears throat> it has to, yeah, it has to just, it has to make sense. And so sometimes when you're first writing a song, you don't necessarily know what it's saying or what it is. And then, you know, you have to be willing to um, put those ideas down that maybe, you know, you're not sure what they mean or if it's even good to get to the good stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the old story is like Paul McCartney or whoever wrote yesterday, like the title was originally Scrambled Eggs or something like that. <laughs> um, right, right. Do you feel like you've experienced writer's block before? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think it happens all the time, but I just, over a long period of time, if you're consistently working on it, you know, it doesn't, when you kind of move through it, you don't see it as much. Yeah. But I, I definitely have had those times just kind of when my you know when things are super busy or um like i said when i would when i would work on things like really late at night or when i was really tired and then it's like it's just so hard to feel creative when you're exhausted um i think that's been a big thing for me um at at different times um so yeah i mean yeah I definitely and i think i was i've talked to some other songwriter friends that have like one friend of mine, he's been kind of feeling like he's ha- been blocked for like a long time, like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, well, life has its seasons too, you know, like, yeah, um, I'd like to write a million songs all the time. And if I sat down every day for three hours and only did that, like I might write, you know, a few hundred, but like some days are good and some days aren't. And, <clears throat> um, I think I try to look at it like that. Like I don't, put the pressure on myself to worry that or I'm not worried you know about my output I just know I want to work on it over a long period of time and um and do good work so I don't I try not to force it in that sense yeah Um, but when I do feel blocked um I try to I really try to like change my my strategy or just like for me sometimes it's like physical location um and 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 like I said, just letting myself off the hook a little bit. Yeah, I think that kind of, these answers can kind of help new songwriters just to see that they're even with the same person. There's just different methods. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes this method works per- perfect for you. You know, sometimes I'll write all the time, and then I'll just I'll just need a break from it. Like yeah, <laughs> like I'll try to write every morning, and then it's when I take that little break for a week or two. They come back and like, oh, everything everything is fresh. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think it's good too. Like I don't, I sometimes get frustrated with that about myself cause I do things in chunks. Like I get really like one thing I learned. So a few years ago I got tested for ADHD mm-hmm. for the first time. And the test was like, um, they're like, yeah, you're on the hundredth percentile. Like meaning you have, you're definitely super ADD oh. <laughs> and you're like, you're like one of, you're like, you need medication essentially. You're like one of those people. Oh. But I took it for a while. I didn't like it because I realized there's things in my life that I could do that would help me with that as much as taking medication. Like, like I said, taking care of myself and not like g- getting good sleep and eating right and stuff. <clears throat> but anyways, that's another conversation. But, um, one thing that can happen having ADHD is that you can get hyper-focused on things. Yeah. And so for me, like I go through those, I go through these things where I'm like, I'm really obsessed with this one song or I might be obsessed with something else outside of music and not working on music. But I think it's okay to 
have as a songwriter and specific to songwriting and like being if you're if you're trying to like make a career or like make money or whatever like you have to kind of do things in chunks too like you might be putting out a a record so you got to work on other things you know and that's okay like when it's time to write a, a record you sit down and write it and you'll be surprised that you probably will do it you know like yeah i don't know i think i think you have to sort of do i have to do it like that um just being an independent musician too it's like i literally like make t-shirts and like you know i do everything which is kind of ridiculous at points because it's sometimes maybe it's good to let other people do things yeah um but but anyways you get what i'm saying it's just i think that you have to kind of take those things into account and not like i think people sometimes when they're getting into it it's easy to get like frustrated really fast and say well i don't have or like look at other people they've got this many songs or whatever and it's like well you have to look at yourself and like what you're doing and what's possible for you and and build on that yeah no i think that's i think it's a good answer because like just the cycle of releasing cds and what you have to do in between them is so it's definitely not like an all the time thing so it's not i don't feel like it's like I don't know. I could be wrong, but it's not like an author where you just write all the time. Like ours yeah. is, part of ours is marketing and yeah, doing. you're a small business and yeah. you you're an owner operator. Like you're doing, you're kind of going to do a lot of stuff on your own for a long time. And then if you're lucky enough, like someday other people will help you. But I mean, but even then it's still, you know, I mean, look at a lot of people who are touring singer songwriters now, like you, they're, they're, doing mostly a lot of stuff on their own you know so they may have management but yeah um, but yeah cool how do you feel like your playing or your writing specifically has changed over the years hmm i think i've found a better output for the kinds of songs that i'm that i write most of the time um like my the the band now alonzo wesley is started as more of a singer songwriter thing, but I always wanted to have an, a string band and that's hmm. what we, what we, what we are now. And, and it, to me, at least it really works like for what I do and what I want to do musically and as a songwriter. Um, so I think I've, that's kind of been the biggest change is just finding a better way to express what I did already. Um, not that what I did before wasn't good, but it was, I felt like there was some times where the music and the band or or the songwriting and the, and the aesthetic of the band were like mismatched. Hmm. Um, and you know, while it still worked, I feel like now it's like more consistent, um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Did you, did you guys play the old band? Did you guys play at, uh, the Savannah stopover? No, 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 we never played in Savannah. That would have been awesome. I thought that, uh, I thought that I'd tell you guys. We'll edit that out. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on uh, borrowing from other writers? Like, do you have any rules? I don't know if I have any rules. I try to think of it like if I find myself um, feeling like I'm borrowing something, I try to find, I, I have to, it has to like make sense mm-hmm. um, in the sense that there has to be like a, a, an artistic reason why I would do that. Hmm. Um, so like I went to art school, I went to, I studied media arts and which is like photography, filmmaking, audio recording, 
That's cool. Um, and like my this one professor especially like really when we would look or she was my one of my photography professors when we would um, critique each other's work she would and and when you were like kind of giving your thoughts on your stuff you had to have like you had to be able to explain your like creative decisions mm-hmm. and I don't know that that's always necessary but like it was a really good exercise to sort of push you to like be better at what you do like have a reason and be able to express that in your art and so if i'm borrowing from someone else it has to like be cool you know what i mean or it has to be like it has to be worth it and make sense in in the uh, context of the song and stuff like that yeah Um, so and then i mean i would never actually do it i would only do it intentionally if i was like referencing something or like I've done it a few times where I use like Lucinda Williams references mm-hmm. in some of my lyrics, but it's more of, that's more of like an ode to yeah. her as well. It's like, Hey, like I'm giving you a shout out because you're like my hero. Yeah. Um, I think that's totally fine. It's not like I'm using her work and calling it my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, if you, yeah. So I think that's totally okay. I think you have to just be able to judge that. I mean, there was one time actually when I first, when I was writing my very first album, this guy, Ben Jones, he lived in a, a Johnson City. He came down and was like the feature at the Evening Muse open mic mm-hmm. <clears throat> or his band. And um, at that time, I was going to open mic every week because I was literally like just starting to write songs and I was like recording my first album. So I was like trying the songs because I wasn't even like playing gigs at that point. And he anyways his band played and there's i got his i really liked it and i got his his albums and on the way home i was listening to this one track like a couple times in a row because it was i liked it a lot and then i i went home that night and i wrote this song and and i didn't even think about ripping him off (laughs) i just did it because i was like super inspired by what what i saw and then i heard his listen to his album and then i was like i want to play music right now and like and i literally just like kind of copied his song not lyrically but if you were to put them side by side you'd be like yeah you definitely yeah i took the vibe of that and like made this and i didn't realize it until the cd like that first album i was working on was finished i listened back to it and then one day i was listening to his thing and i was like oh my god i totally ripped him (laughs) off and so i called him and i was like hey man i'm really sorry i i totally i did this inadvertently and um, I don't know what to do about it now, but I, I just wanted to let you know I'm sorry. Um, but he was he's he was like I don't care, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think you know if you don't try to sound like someone else, try to sound like yourself and try to find your voice. You know, if you're doing that intentionally to try to sound like someone else, I feel like that's when you should question it. But yeah, I think there's times when it's okay in those other examples. Yeah, that's a good answer. One cool thing is, uh, I guess you kind of started doing open mics at, at the Evening Muse, and yeah. a couple of years ago, I saw you guys at the Evening Muse with your band, and I'm pretty. Sh- did you sell it out? Yep, that's really cool. Yeah, that was that was a really really great night. Yeah, and uh, I think you guys made a live CD about with that, right? With yep, that performance, sure yeah, did yeah. Can you tell me about your song Rule of Seven? Kind of take me through the process of writing that one. Yeah. I like that there's kind of like a theme and it always comes back to seven. Yeah. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but I'd love to hear, you know, how you did that. Yeah. Um, 
it was a fun song to write. Um, I, that was actually, that is an example of a late night writing session. <laughs> like I was t- saying that I never do anymore, but I did do it for that one. Yeah. Um, but it was, I don't know when I go see shows, which is so sad to talk about right now because we can't ever, who knows when we'll be able to do that. But, yeah. um, I, when I go, when I see music, I always want to go home and play after and, uh, I had been to Petra's to see a show. I remember that the night that I wrote that and came home and I was like amped up and um, nobody else was home at that time. So I started playing in the kitchen and I got the, like the, I came up with the all right, good night part, which is like the hook for that song and the melody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that came from or whatever. It just popped in my head. Um, and then f- also at the same time i just kept thinking about the number seven i honestly don't i don't remember what in like the initial why that popped in to my head but i I sort of was thinking about that number and um just playing like i was like i was told you before like i kind of like if i'm working on something i'll just sit there and play it over and over and over and eventually i'll get i'll start hearing like some lyrics or something another part of the song um and but i so i've got like a verse maybe and the very beginning of the song and i had that hook all right good night and i was kind of stuck so i was googling around on my phone and i came across this well i was googling around about the number seven um for some reason i just thought i don't like i said i don't know why that number was stuck in my head but I was reading about it and it's a prime number and it's sort of this like cosmic um, thing that repeats throughout, you know, our, our universe. That's cool. Um, And I came across this idea of the seven stages of grief also. And I was just looking around at crap on the internet um, because (laughs) I was like stuck on this idea. And so that's kind of, that connected me with just sort of using this repetition of the number seven and sort of talking about that, like when something's happening in the song, um, using that as, you know, the metaphor throughout the song. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it came about was by just Googling around on my phone. But the the rule of seven in my mind is like kind of similar to the rule of what is it like the three degrees of separation. Hmm. It was kind of in a way like I was trying to borrow borrow from that, I guess. Yeah. Um so yeah. That's cool. I, I, th- I think Did that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think for uh if there's any like metalheads that listen to this podcast eventually they can just change the number to six. Yeah. And uh yeah. Use it to their advantage. Six six six. Yeah. If Slipknot it listens to this or something. So on on the newer album, Songs Songs to No One, um I feel like it expands the last album sound a little bit. Do you agree with that? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, I say yes. 
I think that it's, it sounds better. Um, yeah. And I think that it sounds... Um, it has a better, f- maybe a better flow to it. We did it so that, so spec we recorded, I would say in a modern way where you just overdub everything. Like you start with this, a scratch track, you know, and you layer it. And yeah, I was going to ask all, you about that. Yeah, we did it that way. Um, I didn't know, like I had never had a band like this before, so I wasn't really sure not having percussion and, and whatnot, like how it was going to sound yeah or how to do it and and also we hadn't recorded as a band so i felt like that was the most efficient way but after doing it that way i was like okay well this we kind of lost a little something um especially just as a string band when you play together you sort of work as a percussive unit and a melodic unit and Mm so i feel like overdubbing sometimes you lose that percussive feeling and at least i felt like on the first record that we didn't really get that groove together uh, whereas with songs to no one, we just did it at the same time in the same room, um, so I think that worked really well for that, or for what it was, you know. And I think that's the thing that makes it a little bit uh, more groovy. Yeah, were were you guys like bluegrass style, or did everybody have their individual mics? No, we were all mic'd up, but we were sort of like in a big circle. In my old place, that's um, cool. I had a like a we lived in a split level house. So like the downstairs was just like one big room, kind of not really a full basement, but you know what I mean? And so that was the studio. So we had enough space to spread out and, but be able to like all look at each other and I could just sit at the computer and engineer and play. Um, so it was, it was cool to do that. I had always wanted to do a record where it was just like basically just playing live, Um, but it's terrifying to do that because (laughs) especially if you're singing like i sing uh the vocals too and so like you pretty much can't overdub it like there's yeah. a, you there's a there's very little that you can fix without running into issues with bleed and stuff so um well, that's so, cool that takes guts yeah i mean it was it wasn't easy <laughs> but um the yeah. only one that I, I the very last song is called adam's song and i did not do that we tried that one live and i i just wasn't as happy with it so um i ended up doing that one uh just playing the guitar and then singing over the top of it um but yeah everything else was was live yeah on i like um the song all god's children yeah we have the slide guitar yeah and then it kind of slowly harmonizes with the, the violin or the fiddle what should i call it i'm not sure i'd say violin okay <laughs> um yeah so it's like two fretless instruments kind of playing together which has a cool vibe where did you guys come up with that idea? Um, that was actually the idea. I don't, I just, I, so, uh, Dennis and Alicia, Dennis is the bass player. Alicia is the violin player. Um, they always have this, they have this thing. They call themselves the fretless wonders and <laughs> okay. which is kind of funny. And, uh, so yeah, that's always like kind of something that's being talked about here and there when we're together. 
Um, but when that was so the slide is actually overdubbed too. That's like the one of the only other things. Okay. There were everything else was played live, and then when I was mixing it, um, I was like, oh, it would be cool to have a slide there, and so yes, I dropped it on there. Um, <laughs> but that was the idea, yeah, to t- have those those fretless sounds, uh, you know, kind of harmonizing together. Yeah, there's just um, like there's just something cool about the little tiny out of tune things that happen yeah when things are sliding around yeah um i think that's kind of what probably why vinyl is so cool because it just kind of does these weird things yeah i remember here and like i listened to Joni mitchell an old vinyl with headphones on and it was like it was the spookiest thing i've ever heard before yeah <laughs> it's really strange man i was listening to um revolver the other day i was trying to remember which record and oh yeah the harmonies on there are like imperfect and I was noticing it because I've been working on some different stuff where I was singing harmony and I'm not very good at it. And I don't necessarily, it's just, it's like something that of all the recording things, it's like my least developed skill, I guess. And, uh, anyways, I was getting frustrated and then I was just like, put that on and was listening to it. And I was like, Oh, the Beatles, their harmonies on revolver, like, there's definitely a bunch of spots where they're like out of pitch with each other, but it's cool sounding. Yeah. It's the Beatles, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's small, you know, it's still like still great, but even it's just, just interesting to notice that. Um, cause I've, I've never before really noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to, it's hard to tell like which imperfections you should keep and which ones, <laughs> which one yeah. gives it personality. I really struggle with that. That's this guy. Um, do you know Paul Jensen? You might know him. I don't think so. Um, well, you know John, right? From John Knipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He recorded uh, some of my songs from a couple albums ago, and he recorded that weird thing I did in a church. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. So yeah, so John and Paul used to work together, but um, but anyways, I've worked with with both of them a lot. But Paul would always get really mad at me because. He's like, you're not supposed to record yourself, number one. Number two, um, <laughs> because his because I get really, like, especially when I was uh, less experienced, I would, like, really get sucked into overdubbing vocals, like, over and over, and I couldn't, like, make a decision. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, that's because you're not supposed to make that decision. You're supposed to let me make that decision. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I get, like, really, I can get really lost in that, which is actually another thing with songs and no one i just i didn't want to do that because i it it doesn't make the music better it just makes it you're just being neurotic yeah (laughs) Uh, or i'm being neurotic so um so yeah no that's good that's like a a good place to be to force yourself to just relax a little bit i do it with guitar solos like yeah i'll I'll record like like literally a hundred guitar solos just trying to get this this little 15 second part right like a yeah. psychopath yeah okay let's talk about what we all gonna die that's that's i think it's one of my favorite tracks you guys have ever done nice it reminds me of the flaming lips uh, do you realize yeah just a little bit i don't know if that whole song is about the same thing as your song but uh it's almost like refreshing to know that we're gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs> that everything's gonna go away eventually um, yeah but i'd love to hear about the writing process of that song yeah um well it's it's definitely a, a ridiculous thing to sing like <laughs> the hook is oh mio oh, mio we all gonna die oh um i just i don't know why 
well, so when I was writing the song, I was I was sort of trying to represent the feeling of being alive in 2018, yeah. which is hilarious because 2020 <laughs> is literally so you know yeah. it's so much worse. Yeah. Um, but at the back then, it, it just I was sort of trying to represent this end of the world, like apocalyptic feel of like what it's like to just sort of just exist during that time and um and did you say apocalyptic feel when the sirens are in the background i did that was that was uh, that's crazy that was great good job yeah good job whatever um whatever department that was sorry go ahead <laughs> no you're fine uh but yeah i just i kept feeling just you know just the political climate and just everything just always a lot in the past few years has felt very uh, just kind of terrifying in some ways, and so that was the inspiration for the song. And and I had this idea a few times, like so. There's another song on the album, Rock and Roll, and it's kind of a kind of about the same thing, but that one's more specific. Like my idea with that was that I was like just like a random guy, like watching the news mm-hmm. um, and just kind of being terrified. And but this one, I, it was just one of those those songs that came to me just literally from just existing and kind of feeling like what what can I do and and we're all gonna die and uh and I I like that idea of that being a song because (laughs) um because it needs to be said uh it's it is it's true I woke up sweat cursing the news Turned it off with my free people blue. Take my medicine every day. To remind myself, be humble but brave. Yeah, I think it, I think I think our culture kind of ignores it for some reason. Or yeah, I, I mean it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It, when uh, I remember when we first started, like, or I think I'd played it for. Usually, when I write a song, as soon as I finish it, I will record a demo right then, um, and I had, and I'll send it to my bandmates or like somebody. I have like a few different friends that I kind of will just send them stuff that I just wrote, and um, so I sent it to Dennis, our bass player, and he when we talked about it he just like burst out laughing good because it's the the it's just ridiculous to sing it you know but um yeah i'm glad i put it on there i mean i i was a little bit unsure of it just because it's so like some people just aren't into that kind of vibe you know but yeah i don't know no i think i i laughed too so i'm glad somebody else i thought something was wrong with me that i laughed at it so i'm glad somebody else did that too (laughs) yeah um yeah, the chorus, we'll see if you did this trick on purpose. Like the second time through, you have the refrain, the oh me, oh my, oh, mm-hmm. we're all going to die. Oh. Like the second time through, it doesn't come back in when I was kind of expecting it to. But in a weird way, I almost, uh, it was almost in my brain. So I was like adding it myself. Right. Was that on accident or on purpose? Like, do you ever think of that? Yeah, I did. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I did. Like, that was kind of the point of that repetition right there is to to kind of put it in the first person. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think that 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 was what I was going for. Uh, I don't know if I thought about it that in that exact way. But, yeah, but yeah, I wanted to. I wanted the the vocals and the effect of the production, uh, and whether them being there or not being there, to sort of over the course of the song change it from from me singing or like someone else singing to the person who's listening kind of being in that place that's and cool having that viewpoint i like that if it was the way that i was thinking about about it it's almost like sort of an anti-pop song move like no one would ever yeah. tell you if you're writing a pop song like okay i don't want you to sing the chorus right here right um i mean i think for songwriting you have to always go for that and i don't know i mean that might be why i'm not as successful as i could be but <laughs> i write songs called we all gonna die but yeah. i mean i i'm into it yeah and i think it's like meaningful to me that's ultimately what i want to do um so yeah i think you have to make that decision when you're writing yeah all right um final question what what song do you wish you had written Whew. That's a good one. Um, the first one that came to mind was Benny and the Jets. <laughs> really? Yeah. I love that song. Awesome. I've listened to that song probably more than any other song. I don't know why. Just everything about it to me is perfect. And um, yeah. That's a good choice. That's a, such an interesting song because I, doesn't the beginning just like, it's like a false start? Yeah, like the bump at the beginning or whatever happens. Yeah, just everything about it is such a. It's strange and it has this. Um, it's there's like a crowd in there <laughs> and it's right. it's got the false start and it's uh, the the groove of it is kind of, it's like really great but it's different. Yeah, um, and it's just like it has this this vibe that it. I don't. It's it's only on that song i don't know like i don't know how when there's certain recordings they somehow have managed to like capture something like spiritual or like supernatural i don't know there's it's like a layer of you know what i mean like you feel like it makes you feel like psychedelic just like by itself somehow like the groove is almost like broken right (laughs) in a weird way it's not a groove it's just like there's it's yeah it's plopping along thing it's like anti-groove but it's so groovy at the same time Here's a dumb um, question. It's not live, is it? Like it wasn't recorded live, was it? I I don't know. I've had I've come to this place before in my own thoughts and I'm like I'm not I don't know that I've ever gotten an answer. Yeah. Um I think it might have been, but or maybe there's like it's like some hybrid where they recorded part of it live and like did stuff in the studio. Yeah. Um I'm not sure. Awesome. What do you have any uh new stuff coming out soon or what you have any kind of plans i know it's weird to make plans right now yeah so i've been doing i've gotten asked to do a lot of cool things during this time like uh obviously you're asking me to do this podcast that's awesome um a friend of mine another friend of mine has a podcast called comfort monk and they did like a like all the artists that they they had other art local artists cover artists that they had interviewed for the show Hmm. so I did a song for that. Um, I did a song for a couple songs for the Levine uh, tribute to benefit that Justin Fedor does. Um, oh, yeah. we, like, since we can't, they're not doing shows like he's doing videos. So a bunch of that stuff has come out, and um, 
alongside of that i've just been i've written a few songs and i i, I want to put them out as like a i don't know what to call it but like something to, re- to kind of represent this time yeah. um the recordings that i've been working on <clears throat> i rewrote i i was trying to write a new song recently and i um I could I could only hear the lyrics to this song that I wrote on my first album for whatever reason like I tried so hard hmm. to just I don't know and, and it's not the same melody or anything it's it's similar but it's in a different key and it's like a different sound altogether and but yeah so I, I I've, and I'm I've been working on a recording for that and it's I'm like really happy with it so That's I think cool. we're gonna probably do like an EP and I'm I'm trying to figure out how we're gonna record I guess we can just It'll be okay if it's only a couple people. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. Just make your circle bigger. The circles you recorded in before, just make it a wider circle. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely, I'm trying to work on that, or I have been working on that, um, but I haven't gotten the band on anything yet because of everything. So, yeah, sort of, that's our next step. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out today and answering all these crazy questions, going into such great detail. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thank you. And um, it was fun. It was a blast. Awesome, man. Thank you. If you like the music you heard on the show today, check out alonzowesley.com for more information. He's available on all the music platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and all that other good stuff. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope this helps you out. If you like what you hear, head over to toolsofsongwriting.com and sign up for the email list. I plan to release a bunch of cool stuff in the future, and if you're on that list, you'll be the first to hear about it. See you next time on the Tools of Songwriting.